Welcome to the Garden Path Podcast. I'm your host, Misty, and this is episode 10. I'm excited. Made it 10 episodes already. Um, This episode I recorded with my husband, um, as I did, I think it might have been episode 3 or 4, back in uh, the end of December. And we covered kind of similar topics, just kind of did a around the yard tour of different things going on in our yard this spring and, you know, over the last several months and kind of also talked about kind of transitioning to summer plans here shortly um, because it will be getting to be summer here very quickly in Texas as it usually does. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. If you guys have any questions, feel free to leave a comment on the blog. You can email me at thegardenpathpodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at gpathpodcast. If you hear a cat purring, it's because he's up in the microphone right now. So Uh, also don't forget to subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher if you you do uh, do either of one of those things. Um, and if you could leave a rating, that'd be awesome too. So thanks for listening and enjoy. I found new bats in the front yard yesterday. Oh yeah? What kind of were they? (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, I think they're little brown bats, but... Um, I think they're probably little brown bat, or I'm sorry, big brown bats. Um, but they could be Mexican free tails. We've had three three bat houses. We've always had up, and the one in the backyard's been always been the one that has had bats. Um, and um, the one in the front yard has on the power pole out front has like 10 bats in it right now when the one in the backyard had like maybe six or eight bats in it all right that's good what kind of bat house is it um the one in the backyard is uh oh the it's the bat conservation group i forget the exact name of it um so if you i'll, I'll link it in the show yeah notes. something about the bat conservation society or something and the one in the front yard is just a generic one did you get it, like, off of Amazon or something? Uh, the one in the front yard I got on eBay. Oh, okay. And the one the one in the back, um, I got off some bird, uh, you know, uh, like, birdhouse, bird... Website? Website, yeah. Okay. That's good. So, we have bats. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I still have the pile of fence pickets over there. That... I know. I was looking at those the other day going, is he going to do something with that ever? Yeah, that, um... <laughs> Well, yeah, my plan is to build a big bat house um, that can hold several thousand bats. and But I've been trying to find a pipe to put it on. That's kind of my holdup. I want like a 25-foot like piece of old drill pipe. You know, to... Where have you been looking? Like Craigslist or what? Yeah, I posted on Nextdoor, you know that. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody on there said that our police chief, Mike knows where I could get a piece of drill pipe, but I haven't asked Mike yet. So, I don't know. There's a there's a drill place right down the road from us that has, like, a field full of pipe, but I, they're not, you know, the they use it. I don't think, 
You never know. But they they have ask. they have a few pieces over in the corner that you could tell are like bent or something. It's like their scrap pile, so I may go see how much they would sell it to you. Yeah, I may drop by when I see somebody out there and ask them if I can buy a piece of their, you know, piece that is bent or something, or the threads are messed up on one end because their their drill pipe is thirty feet long each, and I'm gonna cut it down anyway. Yeah. So if I ever get the big one up, I might be able to just consolidate, you know. Maybe take the little ones down because the one in the backyard's already having problems. The plywood's starting to delaminate. It's only been up almost four years. Yeah. Is it, I don't know. It seems like it would last longer than that. Yeah, and then I have the one from your mom that I never put up that oh. I painted. Okay. I painted it because I saw the one in the backyard. The plywood started to get oh. kind of water damaged. Well, so I think I'm trade them out. Up, well, no, I may put it up in the um, the other power pole in the front yard. Oh, okay. Further towards the street. Right. Okay. Sounds so. good. Um. Okay. Since you're the fruit tree guy around here, <laughs> what's going on <laughs> with the fruit trees? Um. There's, yeah, the fruit trees are kind of, most of them are kind of progressing from their juvenile <laughs> stage, their adolescent phase. Like, <laughs> there are several, most of them are at least a couple years old now. And um, so... Um, a lot of them, not all of them are getting fruit this year. We have three citrus trees. We have a Meyer lemon, which I'm letting get fruit. It's the biggest citrus tree we have. We have a Satsuma that Misty bought me like for my birthday or something one year. Um, and we have an Ujukitsu lemon. Um, the lemon and the Satsuma or the, sorry, the, the Ujukitsu and the Satsuma, I'm not going to let have citrus this year. Um, because uh, I'm going to try to let them grow, put more of their energy into growing. Yeah. And then we have a bunch of, well, let's see, what, three peach trees? Yeah. We have a, a mid-pride, yeah, mid-pride peach, a red barren peach, and then a multi-grafted five different variety peach. Well, I think it's actually peach and nectarine. Nectarine, yeah. Um, that they're all getting fruit this year. Um, last year we got maybe... We got... I don't maybe, know. I could took a picture of what we got. I don't know. Not a lot. 10 or maybe more than 20 that. peaches. This year we should get, you know, maybe around 75 to 100. Um, but I thinned them so we should get bigger, you know, nicer peaches. The trees are definitely bigger than last year. Next year we should really get a lot, like many hundred <laughs> next year. Yeah. And then let's see. So that's the backyard. And in the front yard we have forest Chickasaw palm. Mm-hmm. Which flowered really good this year, and I was, and then uh, I thought it was gonna have a ton of fruit, but for some reason, um, it didn't really get pollinated. So most of the fruit dropped, and there's only maybe five fruit, five plums on there. Hmm. So um, I know a lot of a lot of plums need like another plum to cross pollinate them. So maybe next year when all the other plums flower, they'll be they'll pollinate each other more. Yeah, and we have but what, it's, that purple Chickasaw plum? Yeah, the purple Chickasaw plum, the deer, the we oh, have no. um if we don't cage our small trees here, we have uh, a lot of deer in our neighborhood. And the bucks during the rut season, like October through January, will rub their antlers on the small trees and kill them. So a buck got the purple Chickasaw plum. I think it's called uh purple pride because it was developed or they 
Yeah, it was found at the SFA. Uh, It was a variety that some students found out in the woods or something. I don't know the whole story, but... um, So that one is just growing back, like, almost from the base. Um, Oh, I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah, it... It doesn't have any sprouts like above a foot. Oh, I've oh. I left it um, to see if it would sprout back at the top, but I don't think it's going to. I think I'm gonna have to cut it all the way back down to like a foot and let it regrow. Oh, um, oh. yeah. And then just right by that one, we have a new oh a, a San Marzano or San San something. San Marzano, that's a tomato. <laughs> yeah, it's San something plum. Um. <laughs> that's a hybrid that uh, it just got planted so it's it's small it it barely flowered this year it doesn't have any fruit on it um and then we have like a native plum hybrid or like no, a, a plum like uh, a no no or, okay oh so wait yeah plum yeah it's a plum okay but it's a hybrid i don't think i don't know what it's a hybrid of i don't think it's like the native okay plums is the tag still on it so i can look yeah it? okay yeah I'll, I'll figure it out and then we have the two, uh, way up front, um, we have the two Mexican plums that are native. Mm-hmm. And they're growing like, like man, like insane. I mean, I don't know. I For some reason, I expected the Mexican plums to be pretty slow growing. And I don't know if it was the rain, all the rain yeah. we got since I planted them or what. But they have like, I mean, just in the last few weeks or maybe a month, they have like, all the branches have like a foot to a foot and a half, a whole bunch of sh- new growth shoots. Yeah. So... They did not, neither one of those trees flowered this year. We just planted them, I don't know. February? January? Yeah, it wasn't too long ago. Because we, we, the trees, the magnolias and stuff, we planted up there. The deer just... Yeah, well, it just wasn't a good spot for those. Anyway, so we just planted those and they didn't flower, but they're, I'm sure next year they're going to be a lot bigger and they're going to flower like crazy. Oh, and then the apple. Apple tree, yeah. Okay, so I think we talked about the woolly apple aphids last podcast. Yeah. So I've gotten those under control, at least it looks like, that I've been spraying them with um, neem and insecticidal soap. Um, And there are, I, I saw a few weeks ago, there were still barely a few little woolly apple aphids around, but it's nowhere near like it was before it was like, like you know, six yeah. inches of the branches would be covered in this white, fluffy stuff that I didn't know what it was. So I got that under control, and the apple tree actually flowered a little bit and has like two apples on it. <laughs> but um, you can, it's it's growing much better than last yeah, looks, year. Last year, like the leaves better. were all like Kinda the nodes were all yeah. bunched together, yeah. and it wasn't really growing longer. And this year, it's actually growing and. The leaves look really nice. So I think that's... I think that's all the fruit trees. Yeah. Oh, I I will mention something about the citrus trees. It's really good. Um, Citrus trees get uh, leaf miners really bad. I mean, almost everywhere since like the 80s um, when the leaf miners showed up in the U.S. So if you have citrus, you're almost positively going to have these leaf miners. They'll get those curly leaves and they'll... If you open the leaves up, you'll see all those little trails that are the leaf miners chew in, in the leaf. And if you spray neem oil and spinosad, um, alternate that every 7 to 10 days. Um, once the temperature starts getting like above 80, it um, 
it'll maybe not a hundred percent, but it'll pretty much control those leaf miners. So the, the tree will do much better. Yeah. Have you seen any of those, um, the caterpillar, the citrus caterpillar, um, we saw that in the fall in 2014. Yeah, I don't know if like, you saw any more. They're swallowtails, I yeah, think. Yeah, I saw them last year. You did? Okay. Yeah. I didn't pay any attention. So I was yeah, they were, yeah, they were definitely so, there. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I also going to put a post picture of that, too, because they were really cool um, swallowtail caterpillars that, who knew? <laughs> Pretty neat. Um, so, okay, I guess we'll go transition to the uh, vegetable garden, which is doing really pretty good right now. Yeah, I mean, um, I wouldn't say, like... Kind of need to get on top of a few things. Yeah, not, like, excellent, but compared to... I mean, it got... I mean, for a really while bad. there... Yeah, for a while there, it got where it wasn't even usable at all. There was The weeds were so thick that it was just... <laughs> we weren't really even using it at all for a while, you know, because we were busy and we just got ignored and... Yeah. There might have been like some eggplants and stuff that were growing in the buried weeds, but no, now it's good. There's hardly any weeds. There's the weeds that are there are kind of in the path. Oh, I'll just go around real quick and kind of say what we're growing. Yeah. We'll see. Well, uh, I mean, there's, I mean, the first thing I'm thinking of is the potatoes. We need to go ahead and put yeah, the Yeah, I was just going to, I was going to pile a bunch of those leaves in the, in the rows. Oh, okay. Because like people use hay and I thought the leaves oh, really? would kind of do the same Instead thing. Instead of the soil? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it'll what the tubers will be able to yeah it'll just be yeah looser yeah hmm. okay I did soil last year and I don't know I just wanted to try something different well we, hey we never had any success with potatoes <laughs> so might as well try something else yeah and the cucumbers come up yeah the yeah the cucumbers are still super small I built a big trellis system for them that hopefully they're going to grow up on I think it's still been a little too cool for those maybe. yeah but they're definitely there they just haven't taken off they just yeah. have like the first true set of leaves on them and then we what did you do, grow the sumter or the uh yeah the sumter okay because that's the one i like to pickle with okay yeah this time we should make sure we don't yeah pick too much. that's why i didn't plant too many <laughs> i just planted half well not even like maybe a third of one of our mm-hmm. beds of cucumbers that yeah our beds are four by 16 yeah and we have six of those plus the perimeter yeah and I guess nice. other one of the other big recent things is the strawberries. That yeah, we've started getting some of those. And well, and we um, kind of expanded what we did have there. I ordered some more bare root, um, <coughs> which won't produce this year, but they will next year. So, did you we, move those other ones yet? Not all of them, because I wanted to see if they were gonna fruit there oh, okay. this year before I moved them. But we have like a five foot by probably at least 10 foot area that's just going to be strawberries now. And we've been having a real, we've been losing more than half of our strawberries to birds. And, um, I think I'm going to make some kind of big, I'm thinking like envisioning like this big, uh, chicken wire box on a frame that folds down over the strawberries. Okay. And then like, you can either pull it up with a rope or just push it up or something to get it out of the way. So like how much clearance above the strawberries? Like, you know, Ten inches. Okay. Oh, okay. No, a lot. I mean, no, oh, okay. not that it's ever gonna. So just this big chicken wire box that'll drop down over all the strawberries, because you know, I mean, next year I'm envisioning a lot of strawberries now that I've planted this huge area. Yeah. And I want to. I'm gonna save um, pine straw, the pine pine needles mm-hmm. this year, and I'm gonna mulch around the strawberries with it, so the 
the strawberries can sit on that so that they don't rot. rot. Yeah. Yeah. So I think between that, we'll get a lot more strawberries this or next year. Um, we have the June bearing strawberries. It starts with a, it's like Chandler or something like that, I think. I think Chandler's right, the variety. Okay. You know, then we got a whole bed of onions. Uh, they're, they're March bearing, June bearing. Because <laughs> they started. What? They're, they're March bearing, June bearing. Did I say March? No, you said June, but they're they oh been, well, yeah no but, oh June, right the March. strawberries are just called June bearing I, I know yeah here in our in our climate we're gonna get them before June but that just means they kind of they all produce all their fruit at one time yeah all their fruit at one time right. it's not you know there's some uh, the ever bearing I think yeah the ever bearing and then some other strawberry too that but I just got all the same type um, yeah yeah not for any particular reason. Um, the onions we get the two different types of onions are doing really good well yeah and it was weird because we noticed that one section of the bed was like really growing well the others weren't and we couldn't figure out yeah, I guess you thought maybe you put more compost in that one spot or yeah something. I got two theory. either it's I didn't mark which varieties were where so either one variety is growing a lot better or yeah there was more nutrients in part of the bed because some of the onions are doing much better than others I mean it's not like the others are doing bad it's just like one's like yeah one's like really robust and tall and the others are still like you know eight inches tall and they're healthy but they're just not nearly as big so we'll pull those in june so yeah you know garlic to go with onions i mean we've never been able to do good with garlic i mean but but they look good this year yeah but last year last year year they they looked good good but then we ignored them um so right so maybe this year we'll just remember we'll get some in june appropriately Um, uh, squash seedlings are up there. Yeah. What did you plant? I think I remember like, um, I have six. Yeah. I have, I think I have, I think I have two zucchinis mm-hmm. and a, like a straight neck squash and then, uh, some type of somebody's name, sweet potato squash, Thelma oh, yeah, something. The, that one. That was it's like Thelma something, sweet potato squash. That's a, you know, winter squash. I'm going to try to get to vine up the we fence. We need to do spaghetti squash. Um, Oh man, and then I'll just let's see the oh the blackberries they're gonna oh be, they look so good right now um, they're gonna be even better next year but I'm you know I, I don't remember if we talked about those last I podcast think, I we think moved we did. them from the trellis that they were doing horrible at to in the veg to in the vegetable garden and um, they did you know pretty good this year they're you know I would guess they put on a ton of growth and actually thrived yeah I mean we have, so we have a whole a twenty six foot long seven foot tall fence of them and you know i mean we'll see how close i get but i I bet we get you know 20 to 30 pounds of blackberries this year um but i think i think next year with that same amount of fence we'll be able to get you know 50 pounds <laughs> they should be able to do a lot better but they're doing decent this year um you know mm-hmm. they're, they're kiowa blackberries they're yeah. the i think they're still the largest size blackberry there is Mm. um and the fruit's still good um they are a they do have thorns but it doesn't really bother me at all um and um i guess the biggest thing right now is the 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 snap peas oh right yeah i gotta (laughs) pick them yeah the sugar snap peas are going crazy i need to go back and figure out which varieties i got i got two, i planted two varieties 
one shorter and one taller, and the shorter one is way producing. You know, it, yeah, the yield it really, yeah. on the shorter one is producing much more uh, peas than the tall one. So next year I'll plant all the well, short ones. Is one a snow pea and one a sugar snap? I mean, that no, might be... I think no, I think they're both sugar snap peas. Okay. Um, I think the big one was mammoth, but it's 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 producing. I mean, I, mean, I fine, wouldn't say but... good. I would just say kind of fair, but the little one's like loaded. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I saw that today and I was like, oh, we need yeah. to get those. Right. And they're really good. We've had them in stir fry and you've sauteed some up and you know, yeah. you don't plain. Yeah. Tried, I, whenever tried to I give it to the toddler and he I was go out like, to the no. garden whenever I'm out there. I just eat them raw while I'm yeah. out there. Um, carrots. carrots, how are they doing? <laughs> they're good. They need, um, they need a little while longer. I don't know how long, maybe another month ish. It's going to be as like crazy as it was no, last no. year. No, because they're not nearly as thick, and I didn't grow as many. Yeah, okay. I didn't put the seed down as thick either. So. I mean, it's been good because we've had. Are we done with frozen no. carrots? Are we no. still frozen? Oh, we probably have <laughs> at least ten or fifteen bags of carrots. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we had so many carrots. I think we might have even covered this last podcast too. But um, yeah, there was just an insane it was like a, carrots. it was like a hundred twenty-five quart igloo cooler with the tops cut off full, just all orange carrots. So it was. And then blanching those and freezing them and yeah, I mean it was so many I couldn't even I couldn't process them all. I think there for a while this winter was like every week there was carrots at least we were like on the menu to like cook, <laughs> and I don't know. Yeah, I remember when I when I vacuum sealed them and this wasn't anywhere near I mean even half. I vacuum sealed fifty two bags thinking well that's one, one bag <laughs> one bag for the next year <laughs> so one bag a week so and I know we got sick of them sometimes so so anyway I took bags to work and gave carrots to the neighbors and gave carrots to everybody that wanted carrots yeah I'm sure we'll be sharing some carrots again this year so um, I think that's I mean well I mean tomatoes are just we have I don't know maybe ten tomato plants they're all doing fine um, some of the like there was one um, fruiting. There was like a black plum, I think. That oh, that's right. Has fruit on it already, but most of them don't. Yeah, so. and we bought them all this year instead of starting seed. I think next year we'll be at a better place where we can uh, start seed again and and kind of keep keep on top of those again. Um, be a little easier. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. But um, tin tomatoes. I'm looking forward to making more tomato sauce again plant and uh just whole tomatoes we have okay what i think one can left yeah just not tomatoes just a couple that has just kind of not gotten used so we need to use them because they're almost two years old (laughs) so yeah because last year we didn't do anything with our stuff maybe a little bit but not much yeah and i don't know that's about it i mean some herbs are hanging in there the cilantro is bolting i need to Check yeah, I've been kind of. I don't think it's put out seed yet. I'm gonna say the seed, and um, so yeah, the see the kale and collards will come out soon, and um, oh yeah, the kale. I need to start doing something with that. And I was thinking we could put uh, maybe sweet potatoes where they are. Oh yeah, that'd be a good spot. Which we're gonna try another variety. I think Beauregard. I think I'm gonna try Beauregard this year. That's what we've had. We need to. Done I don't know. We need to talk to Kurt and. Uh, See what he grows. <laughs> um, and uh, and then when the carrots come out, I was thinking we'd put melons in that bed. Because it'll be, you know, getting hotter and the melons like the heat. Yeah, and we could put melons in the 
onion bed too. Or spaghetti squash. Yeah, the onions will be a lot longer. The onions will be, you know, two or three more months. Yeah. I'm just trying to think, though. I mean, June would be a good time for melons anyway. So, I don't know. A lot lot going on there. And um, so, I guess, do you have anything else with vegetable garden? No, other than just while I'm thinking about it, because I know I'll forget, I think kind of cross my fingers. I think I've found a way to deter the deer in our yard or really in our flower garden. <laughs> um, uh, so I've been spraying, well, actually I've been spraying, um, it's John's recipe, maybe ladybug natural. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I, if that didn't work, I could get straight fish emulsion, but the John's recipe has some fish in it, but, um, deer have really sensitive smell and I've been spraying that like once a week, which is, more than the label recommends, but I'm really doing it. I'm trying this experiment, and it's been keeping the deer away. They haven't... Knock on wood. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to go out there in the morning, and I'm going to be wrong. But I would say for the last month. month and a half, at least, I haven't seen anything in our flower garden where I've sprayed nibbled at all. Yeah. Um. Now, I don't know. Maybe that's just coincidence. I'm not really sure, but I mean... Most of the time, the deer. I mean, you'll come. I'll come home from and work, like, and there'll at be the like garden. four deer standing in the flower bed. Yeah. So, <laughs> and you're like, one morning, you're like, oh, look at this pretty plant, and then you come home later, and you're like, what happened? <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so that's a good thing. Yeah, so I mean, if it works, yeah, it'd be great. Other than you know, just you got to go, just mix a gallon up in the hand sprayer, and you know, it just takes. 15 minutes to spray pretty much every weekend to keep them away. Yeah. Do you think it's going to be too much though? Like nutrients? Yeah. I thought about that. Maybe if we think it is, we can just spray the stuff on the dirt that on the mulch just for the, to keep the smell. Yeah. I mean, it's still going to like dilute down. Well, it's pretty, yeah, but that's nothing. I mean, it's right. One ounce per gallon and I can spray the whole flower bed with one ounce. Right. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, the the flower garden is like looking really good. We spent, I mean, I spent a lot of time in January trying to get everything fi- completely weeded. And then we got mulch. And well, my parents came at the end of February and were able to toddler wrangle for the weekend while we wrapped all that up. So we got... The flower bed mulched way ahead and like on time this year, <laughs> which helps a lot. Except now we have to pick elm seedlings by the millions. So our yeah, garden is like directly under two, an elm. Is two, it two elm, elm trees? trees. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, this is going to be a forever until yeah. those trees die. So. I mean, it's really bad. I mean, there's like, you know, our, our flower garden is several thousand square feet. I mean, well, mm. probably maybe 1500 square feet total. And there's an elm seedling like every like quarter inch. Probably I mean probably every every several square inches at least. I mean yeah. every square foot there's many hundred more. Yeah, I mean more I, than that more in some than that. I mean it's just in the entire flower bed. So I mean we have to every square foot of the flower bed has to be weeded with elm seedlings. I and, mean and luckily it's just pretty easy cuz you can just go through and ch- yeah, Grab as long a handful as you, and right. drop them in As place. long as you get them before they're a couple inches tall when they send, start sending down that real tap root. Yeah, I've pulled a couple and I'm like... But if you get them, yeah, if you get them now, in the next couple of weeks, they'll be fine. So, but yeah, so, so that's kind of been fun. But, I mean, other than that, the all the flower garden, most stuff's looking pretty good. I 
need, there's some gaps that need to be filled in, but you know, by the time summer comes around, a lot of things are going to be really full and I'm excited. I think I, I, so back in January, at the start of January, I, um, cold stratified some milkweed seeds. I think it was swamp milkweed and tuberosa and Asclepias tuberosa. And, um, so I, I left those in there for, I think it was supposed to do like 30 days, but I think it turned into like 40 days in the, in the fridge. In the fridge. And, um, so once I got those in, I planted them and I, but from all my reading, I could tell, I, could tell that germination was going to be slow. And so I'm waiting patiently and patiently. In the last, like, two weeks, I'm pretty sure yeah. stuff is coming up that is milkweed Especially and not something else. Especially the tuberosa. Uh, the swamp milkweed, I think I saw a few, but the tuberosa is definitely, you know, many. Yeah. I mean, something least, that does not look like an elm seedling right, or something Right, I'm pretty sure else. there's 10 or 20 <laughs> yeah. tuberosa seedlings. And so maybe, yeah. once I kind of let them get a little bigger um, and make sure that... That's what they are. I'll probably transplant some, some other areas. Maybe try to put some out in our right-of-way. I don't know. Um, but we definitely want to diversify our milkweed um, just because the monarchs have had, I mean, I've had a rough few years in general. And then with this latest um, freak freeze in Mexico in March, a uh, snowstorm that, you know, they don't know really how many how many um, were killed. Cause kind it was of, like sleep. Oh, was it sleep? It yeah. looked like snow. I don't know. Um, anyway, so just they're struggling as a as a species. So if we can help them along, I saw actually saw one today, but I haven't seen any caterpillars. So we'll see. Yeah, we planted yeah, extra just... milkweed, extra normal common milkweed, and well, common milkweed and the I don't whatever the name of the common one is you buy that's that's orange and red too. That's the curacivica. Yeah, so that's the Mexican or tropical milkweed. Yeah, after the monarch thing happened, I went and bought more milkweed just to I don't know give them an extra boost. And then we've never seen a ton of monarchs here, but maybe that's because we never had anything for them to eat. Well, but I mean, I or, see we see other butterflies. Well, but... no, I see you know, I mean, I see them, and we've had caterpillars. Yeah, but I'm just saying in comparison to like yeah. Florida, <laughs> we had well. A, a, bunch there yeah i mean mean, i'll see you know maybe several monarchs a week you know okay um um just oh the coolest thing recently is that pipe vine yeah and i can't think of the what its actual name it might be triloba or something but yeah trilobata trilobata. i don't know the leaves are very they have three distinct lobes and um it's it's a kind of more tropical one and it's done pretty good. It's kind of in our shaded tropical area of the garden. And um, it actually did not die. Well, we had a mild winter this year, so it didn't die back. But which is probably why it bloomed um, this yeah. year already. And yeah, Chris came to work one day and goes. Yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the pipe vine bloomed. And it's really cool looking flower. I mean, it's smaller than the other um, pipe vine. The native well, one. Not, not, because the one on the fence is was pretty big. native. One you're talking about? Isn't that native? No, no, it's not native. No, no, oh, that's the Dutchman's pipe vine. It's not native. Oh, never mind. We do have a native. Well, the maybe more than run, but the, we do have one little bitty, minuscule native one that grows like in bottomland hardwoods, oh, okay. but it's super small. Oh, 
Anyway, this, this is one, still a weird yeah, one. This one that's blooming, though, is like, it has like maybe a four to six inch main, flu- you know, well, not fluffy, but thick flower. Mm-hmm. But then it has a... It looks like a pitcher plant, or another pitcher plant. Sort of, but then it has like this and maybe sepal, or I have to look at it exactly, but it's got like this part that hangs down over a foot below the flower. Well, it's like the ghost orchid kind like of. Like a thing. long streamer. No, that's a nectar spur. Oh. This is this doesn't have nectar. It's like um, a lip of the flower that hangs way down. Okay. So, started seeing the first couple hummingbirds of the year the last few days. Yeah, yeah, and you put out a couple bird uh, feeders, yeah. so that's good. Um, I haven't seen anything else wildlife wise, really. Did you see? Do we have any tanagers this year? Not yet. We would no. We haven't yet. Um. We've had eagles, bald eagles, and um, swallowtail kites. Um, anything else interesting in that? Well, like a few months ago, I saw some Egyptian geese. Those are the first time I've seen them here. You see them like they hang out like on golf courses and city parks and stuff. But and the whistling ducks. Yeah, whistling ducks. You know, wood ducks. All those good. Yeah, all the normal, normal birds. birds. Um, the city. Somebody reported a large alligator in our lake, but Pretty I'm sure kind of skeptical. Yeah, we have beavers, so, you know, at dusk, somebody that kind of saw something swimming through the water might get confused, so I don't know. Um, did that um, white fire wheel, did it actually come back or not? Yeah, there's one one little plant coming back, so I'm going to take care of it and... Hopefully it at least flowers so I can get seed. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that more comes back, you know, in the gravel of the walkway like it did. Mm-hmm. So I can pull some seedlings. Yeah. I also threw like a ton of seed out in the right of way. So maybe something will come up there. Right. So maybe some will just pop up out by the road that, that'll grow. Yeah. And that's one thing we haven't talked about was the, the wildflower right away. <coughs> and um, we just did not get the blooms of blue bonnets like we did last year. And like compared to what we saw on the roadside, well, last weekend uh, in but Austin. But even but down here, not by as we got to past Brenham, they got thicker. But I think this side of Brenham, I think they're way less than there has been in the past. I think just maybe like too much rain for them that we've gotten. Because hmm. um, I mean, I remember seeing them in Navasota and way closer to us, like lots of them and. We drove to Austin last weekend, and we didn't really start seeing them until Brenham. So I don't think it's necessarily us. Right. It's just everywhere around here, for some reason, the blue bonnets aren't as thick this year. Yeah. There are some places, you know, out near Austin and stuff that they're super... Yeah, they've been... Really nice, yeah. but in the Houston area, I haven't seen anything very good. Yeah, even the paintbrushes haven't been... You know, by us, the paintbrushes last year were really thick, and they're not now... Yeah. We'll see. But the irises in the ditch are doing good. I'm excited about this. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? Um, we got to decide on a vine for the divider trellis. My edible passion passion vine uh, had germinated seeds, germinated. So if I could grow those out, I could plant them there. But I don't know. Do yeah, you want to wait that long to do that? I don't know. Um, not sure. <laughs> I guess under the fruit trees, I forgot the fig. Um, 
I guess we were kind of lucky that we had a medium-sized fig tree on our side of our house um, when we moved in, and it it had a rope that was tied around it, and it was actually cutting in and strangling <laughs> the fig. <laughs> and uh, so I had to uh, cut that nylon rope out of the tree. Um, and the tree's gotten a lot larger. I I didn't like to, and I know you're normally not supposed to top trees, but I topped the fig tree uh, like two years ago because it was just getting way too tall. And it was it was pretty thin at the top, and but it turned out really good because now it, it just branched out. And even though it's, I mean, you would really have to get on a ladder to get all the figs it, it was going to be much taller than it is but it's should have a really good yeah we've had crop good hires as long as we we just gotta it's kind of like strawberries we gotta you know the birds get most of the figs so it just kind of depends how on top of harvesting you stay mm-hmm. and i just mounted all well not oh I yeah mean, the orchids. Our orchids i think we have well we, we have three have types yeah we have three um, under the fig tree. We don't have a lot because, you know, they take quite a bit of care during the winter. Um, we got to bring them in and try to keep them alive during the winter. But we're going to an or- the Houston Orchid Show tomorrow. I'm sure that's going to drive our orchid frenzy. So I was going to try to limit us to bringing one home <laughs> if we can... Yeah, I don't. I mean, I was even saying nothing, but yeah, I, I, was to, I mean, I was thinking maybe a something really easy, like <laughs> maybe like a dendrobium, like a you know an easy dendrobium <laughs> that. Yeah, I just need something hardy that's e- really easy and really you know I don't know they can grow and then kind of stand some neglect during the winter. Yeah. Ugh. All so, right. Well. Probably a good roundup for the yard and the garden for, I don't know, <coughs> it's the first of April today, so. Yeah, I can, oh, well, let me, I'll mention the, the bees real quick. Okay. Okay, bee oh, update. Oh, yeah, yeah, bee update. Okay, so I think last time we talked about they were cross-combing, and uh, so I knew they, knew there was still a few bars in there that weren't as straight as I wanted. Um, so I put... I've been, for the last several months, not a lot. They haven't been solely relying on this, but I've been giving them some sugar water. And when uh, spring got here this year, they went freaking berserk and uh, built out a ton of comb really fast. I mean, I put a jar of sugar in there that was like, well, for all you people that don't keep bees, you won't really know what I'm talking about, but like eight bars back. Mm -hmm. A bar's maybe an inch and a half I mean, it was a long way from the jar. And I went out there five days later, and they had already built out past the jar, through the jar. (laughs) So I was like, I was not expecting that, and I wasn't watching it. And so I actually had to go in there and cut back out uh, several, Um, I mean, mean, you know, probably six bars mm -hmm. of comb, maybe not full, but six bars um, because they had cross-combed around the sugar jar that was in the hive. Um, but there, I really, I expect them to swarm here in the next month because there, there is a lot of bees in our hive right now. Um, and then they can start reproducing and yeah, I just, um, which swarming is not a bad, what a swarming is where, you know, basically half the hive will leave with a, 
I think usually the old queen leaves Mm -hmm. with half the hive and they go start another hive somewhere else. And the new queen and half the hive stay normally. So we'll probably, you know, and that, and some people consider that a bad thing, but I don't because that just means your hive is healthy and they're able to swarm. And, uh, you know, even though honeybees aren't technically native, we all, you know, everybody likes them and they help pollinate everything. And most of our native bees are extinct or very low numbers now. And, you know, I just look at it as, you know, them going and starting a new colony somewhere is, that's a good thing. But anyway, so the hive has, does have more hive beetles than I would like right now. I'm not really sure why. Um, I think it's probably because there's some old, old comb back in the front of the hive by the entrance that I haven't seen lately that I don't think they're using much. And so I think those hive beetles are taking advantage of that old comb. So you think you need to cut it out? Yeah, so... I was kind. Of, I did. I was kind of waiting to, to go all the way back to that old comb um, until they get a little more established from me. Kind of recover from me it's cutting out cutting out all their new comb they've made. But I'll probably give them another week, and then I'll just do a hive inspection and go all the way back to that old comb uh, just to check it out. It may end up, uh, you know, removing some of it if it if it doesn't look good if they're not using it. Well, and tell them what they did with the comb you cut out. Yeah, so, like, the comb I cut out had uh, brood, um, you know, eggs and larvae in it, and then some of it had honey, and some of it was empty, but I just kind of, I propped it up against this rock we have, and, you know, my, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's right by the hive, and my, my thinking was, well, I, I thought they would go, you know, eat the honey, and, you know, take it, eat it, or take it back in the hive, and put it back in the new comb they make. And uh, I was like, well, I'll just leave it here for a few days and whatever they don't, whatever they, you know, is still there, I'll just melt it down and make candles out of it later. And I came back a couple days later. It was like like, over Easter, I think. Yeah, it was just like a couple days later and like everything was gone. Um, The wax, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like, yeah. like the honey, the larvae, the wax, and maybe... You know, of all the, the, you know, I took out maybe six to eight bars. Yeah, bars of, of, of comb. Like, there might have been a total of one or two bars, you know, combined left laying on the ground. It seems like even less than that now. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that the bees did that. Um, it doesn't look like, you know, a raccoon or something like that came and ate them. So I guess the bees. <clears throat> You know, I don't know. I don't know what they did with it because it doesn't look like all of that comb got replaced in the hive. But maybe you know, I don't come get it. I don't know, but it weird. It, it looks it looks like the bees did it, but I'm not really positive, and I don't have enough experience to know for sure. So yeah, that so. was a weird thing. <laughs> so anyway, that's a bee update. They're doing. Um, I mean, I you know the the hive is doing. I wouldn't say very good, but it's it's definitely healthy and. And doing good, other than the, you know, the high beetles and maybe the the old comb I need to get out. That's, you know, it's doing well. I think I'm going to be more active. I'm going to do more hive inspections than I did last year, so make sure I... Stay on top of it. Yeah, yeah. make sure that all that cross, that cross-combed, you know, comb that formed last year doesn't happen this year. Yeah. All right, well, 
That was a good update. It was longer than I was expecting. But... So, all right, stay tuned and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.